Welcome to the Homie Hub Podcast. I'm your host, John Facundo. And on this show, I shoot the breeze with some of my friends about their everyday lives. Some of them have managed to go on to do some pretty cool stuff. I'm talking to regular people who sometimes go on to do extraordinary things. So kick back, listen in, and enjoy the show. This is the Homie Hub Podcast. If you're in school, you can't wait Doug, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So talk to me about your photography. How'd you get into that? Uh, that's a, so yeah, I'm a dentist by day. Um, so I started in dentistry in 1998. So 1998 is kind of the starting of the first early digital cameras. So as a child, as a kid, I went to summer camp. I actually took a photography class a photography summer camp like so it was just a whole week of photography and back then it was like film and black and white so they you know the camp they give us a camera we'd go out and we'd shoot black and white film and we come back and we develop it we actually the camp actually had this these cool little we actually develop our own film so that was kind of cool and i actually i kind of liked the whole idea of like uh taking pictures and then developing them but i mean you know, when you're a kid and you don't have any money and you're, it takes, requires your mom and dad to like, you know, get the film to the developer. And then it was like this whole, you take the pictures and then, you know, you, you know, you didn't want to take it out the rollout until it was done. Right. So you go out, you take five pictures and the roll is like 12 or 24 pictures. So then the, the, the roll stays in the f- camera for like years and then you finally take it. To, and so I just couldn't do the, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but the idea of like, I didn't have enough, uh, I have a little bit of ADD. So the idea of like actually getting that all organized to actually get the film to the, to the developer was like, that was not going to happen. So late 98, I get out, I'm, I get out, I'm a start my dentist, my dental career. And then I realized I needed to take some like pictures. And so I dabbled in like taking photos, like in dentistry, we, we use a lot of photography to actually communicate what's, what's going on. So, um, I started dabbling in some of the early digital cameras and there were some digital video cameras that came out that were actually kind of cool that, you know, you could take, I mean, these mini DV digital tapes. I don't know if you remember those, like the mm-hmm. first versions of like the digital video cameras. So those you could actually, you know, take video and actually just capture like a, a screen cap out of that. And like, that would be like a, like a 8.8 K like file. It was super a decent, grainy. Yeah. Yeah. Super <laughs> grainy, but it was, it was a decent still. I'm like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Sure. So then, uh, then, uh, I started dabbling in that and then I realized that that, that really wasn't going enough. And then like the first versions of the, of the DSLRs started to come out, like the digital sensors. I mean, obviously that Kodak had that one that was like crazy expensive that you could put on the back of a Nikon. And that was like one is like $10,000 for like, you know, one megabyte or something like that. I'm like, well, that's, that's probably a little, a little out of my range. And then it was like 2003, 2004. I, uh, I decided I was going to learn how to sh- take used, you know, actually really delve into like photography. So I bought my first digital um, camera. Cause I wanted to take better dental pictures. That was my goal. Well, I kind of got sidetracked. Um, and I started, I found this, um, website like in 2003, 2004, and, uh, they had this, these guys taking from all around the world, they were taking photos a day. So people would take photos a day and, um, the website called pbase.com photobase pbase.com and they had this this page called pad photo a day that people from all over the world, they were taking a, they'd take a photo a day and they'd post a photo a day. So, I started doing that because that sounded like it was kind of fun. And so then you just find this amazing community of photographers that are just taking photos a day. So like you kind of meet people all over the world. And so I, uh, I took a photo a day for like 18 months. So every single day I took a photo a day for 18 months until my son was born in like 2005. And then it kind of got a little bit too much because, you know, you have a new a little guy around and it was a little bit hard and I just got tired of it. So I did that and that was kind of a, that kind of opened my eyes to like what the world was that I kind of learned about post-processing. I kind of learned how digital cameras worked. I learned about places around the world. I met this guy doing that, that was taking photos a day from Iceland. So I'd never really thought about Iceland before. And I see his photos from Iceland and I'm like, this place is like amazing. So these like photos from like 2004, 2005, this is like before Iceland was like, even like on most people's radar. And I'm like, that is one place that I will go. So I didn't know when or how or what that would, where that would take me, but I just knew that I was going to get there, um, one day. So then I just kind of kept dabbling with it a little bit. And then, um, in 
2014. So this is almost 10 years later. I actually had done another photo a day project and actually from 2000, roughly 2011 to 2014, I took a photo a day for three years. So that's a lot of photos posted, a lot of crap photos posted. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of like, uh, you know, your kids' toys on the floor and stuff like that. And because, you know, again, a little, a little ADD too. So like, you know, I had to, I had a little, uh, you know, it, sometimes it would, I had to keep it going somehow. So sometimes it'd be like nine o'clock at night looking for something to take a picture of. And, or, you know, at the end, it just kind of got like, you know, and the premise of the photo a day project is like, how do you, how can you make any object look interesting? Right. So it's not so much like an amazing scene or a landscape it's pretty much just about composition and about lighting and about how can you take a mug and make an interesting photo of a mug like at nine o'clock at night with no studio lights or anything around that so that's it's kind of like the the test of like any artist i mean because most artists will just kind of do crazy things to try to see if they can make something look interesting right um and then you just do it for yourself you're not doing it for you know kudos from anybody else or anything if somebody else likes it that's great but i mean like I didn't make a dime off my photo day project. I never sold an image off of it. It was all just for me for the most part. So then in uh, January of 2014, so it's almost 10 years ago, a buddy of mine who I'd met like in the, my dental community, he was also into landscape photography as well. Cause I'd kind of, instead of learning how to take dental photos really, really well, I actually learned, I spent about a decade learning how to take regular people pictures, like a lot more. So that's kind of where I was at. So, um, he posted that he was going to Iceland and I'm like, Oh man, he's like, I'm like, how's he going? And like, that's where I want to go. Right. And so I still had like little kids at home and like traveling was going to be a little bit of a, uh, I didn't see how I was actually going to be able to travel. And so anyways, I, I'm like kind of pissed off that he's going, but I was at a meeting and I actually bumped into him in like March of that year. So this is January and then go back to March. And then he's like, Doug, he's like, do you want to go to Iceland? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, we have a spot open in July. So this is like, you know, three, you know, March to July. And I'm like, so that's like, you know, make sure I have a passport. That's like pay for my trip. That's like book the time off. That's like, I had a whole bunch of stuff and I just kind of gotten like a, this is March. So I just realized that it's, I had a, my, my accountant is just giving me a big tax bill that year. So I'm just kind of like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work, you know? Cause like you just start thinking about, you know, time off and like how much it's going to cost. And I'd never really gone on these trips around the country with my family and without my family and stuff like that. So anyways, I'm like, well, yeah, give me like a few minutes. Give me like a half, like a half a day to kind of figure this out. And so like, I called my wife and my wife was like, you have to go. So like, you have to go. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And I really didn't know how I was going to go or how I was going to afford it or how I was going to, how this is all going to work out. And so, uh, I just, uh, said yes. And then, uh, and then, uh, I went and, um, that was my first trip to Iceland. And, um, that was an amazing trip. And I've been now five times and I have a few plans to go back. And then from that trip, my buddy and I, um, we've set up trips all around the, the globe. So we have about 15, about 10 to 20 dentists usually, and some other people that kind of come along with us. So we actually book one to two trips a year. And then, um, we pretty much will all meet in a place around the world and then, uh, you know, do photography for anywhere from five to 14 days and then come home. So it's pretty much what we've been doing for the last decade ever since we started doing that. How has your style evolved over the years or your technical proficiencies? Walk me through some of that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's an, that's an interesting thought to, I mean, or question because it's like a, it's a, it's a journey, right? It's not like, you can't really say that you're, you've ever made it. I think you're always like, you know, progressing. Obviously you're learning new things and you're, I mean, obviously the early days of when I was taking a photo day, you're kind of just taking a photo and taking a handful of photos and putting them into Photoshop and moving a couple sliders around and try or hitting a button on a, on a thing. And then you're just kind of like, um, you know, how do you, you know, and you're done. Um, when you start like actually trying to actually get to a place and actually get to like, get to a scene or get to a, a, 
you have a vision of like what you want to, what you want to capture. So like in, in Iceland, for instance, like if you're, if you're gonna get like an ice cave, like in Iceland, you, you have to go to Iceland in like the winter time. You can't go in the summertime, right? You have to go in the winter and it's going to be cold and it's going to be bad weather. And there's a chance that, that, you know, you get there on the one warm week of the year and the ice caves are closed. I mean, that's, that's, that's reality, right? I mean, if, I mean, an ice cave is literally a cave underneath a glacier. So the form it forms when in the summertime, when the water is melting off the bottom of the glacier and it comes out of the bottom of the glacier, that's where the ice caves form. So you don't want to be in there when it's warm. You, you will die. You know, it's right. kind of, it's kind of one of those, like, you know, so, so you have to go in it when it's cold. Right. And so, you know, yeah, yeah, there's so many things that are out of your control that you really can't like, you know, you, you, you try, I mean, for like, for instance, like we've gone to Iceland, um, in the winter time to get the ice caves and to see the Northern lights and like to see the Northern lights, you have to have the lights, <laughs> you have to have a solar right. storm. Right. And then you, then you have to have a clear sky. So, I mean, throw some balls up in the air and like, you know, if you hit it just perfectly, then you get to see them. If you don't, then you don't. And so you kind of get, you get skunked. So uh, that's the point I'm making is like, as you, as you, your, your, your art changes as this, as your, as what you're trying to actually accomplish like, and what your, what visions of, of imagery and, you know, art you want to produce and how you try to get that and, you know, how you capture that. I mean, I think, you know, learning all the new techniques of how to like, you know, these stars, how to capture the Northern lights or how to capture panoramas or how to capture, you know, and then, you know, obviously like the early days, I mean, you're literally just taking a photo and like, nobody cares. And like, you know, but you know, once you start to get like, you know, to scenes that are like, wow. And you like try to think, how do you capture this at the most, you know, the, the most pristine way possible. So if, you know, if I wanted to print it out for my house at like seven or six or seven feet wide, that it would look like a six or seven foot wide good print. Right. So how do you, how do you do that? So like it's learning out, learning about how to do all those things so that you can actually get gallery quality work that is actually, you know, legitimate. I mean, I, um, did I answer your question? Yeah. So if I'm hearing you correctly. <laughs> You essentially let your subject matter dictate your style over the years and your technique and your approach. I think, I think so. And then I think, I think the other thing is, I think what you learn is that like as a land, I mean, I, I'm pretty much a landscape photographer. I, I don't, I don't enjoy, I do a little bit of wildlife. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy wildlife. Um, I do. I enjoy it. If I happen to get the shot, it's like, oh, wow. Right. Uh, but, but to go sit there and, and wait for a bird to like, you know, do something, you know, is painstakingly for me. It's like, it's, I was just in Texas a couple weeks ago and I did get a really cool owl picture that I was like really happy about. But I mean, it's like, you know, I, to go out and just look for birds, it's like, it's, it's, I'd rather look, wait for the sun to come up. You know, that's just far more exciting to me. Um, but so I think obviously like part of the landscape photography is like learning, like how to, how to out of this vast scene that you have is like, how do you then create your subject and how do you tell the story? So I think for me, it's like, I love, I love getting to a scene and I know, I know I've researched it for the most part. I know like what this is, what I, what I'm looking for. And then like, how do I capture it so that I can actually try to tell some sort of story there? How do I try to tell some sort of story of, of to how the, how the, the, you know, viewer is going to actually walk themselves through this scene. Cause I think that's kind of a cool, cool um journey for me at least and i'm sure i mean i i'm sure i have haters out there too but i mean you know <laughs> hopefully hopefully people hopefully there's some people that like the journey to, to go on the journey as well or maybe or my guess is me people don't even probably look at photos and i actually think about it as a journey i guess that's the other thought too i guess right so well i've been to one of your gallery shows um my my one my one gallery show it was good. It was yeah. good. You're big shots. And, <laughs> and one thing that was really telling for me was that there was a journey. I mean, there was a compelling journey with each photo. I think that's very distinctive. I'm going to go back to the time when you called me one time and you said, yeah, I think I'm going to start getting into photography as a hobby. 
And I said, okay, cool. I didn't give it much thought because mm-hmm. I just didn't give it much thought. You know, people say, right. I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to, right. you, know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, for sure. And here yeah. I, here I am. But, right. But it, all of your stuff was, it just, it was very compelling. It, it pretty yeah. much drew you in and I, I could see that there was a distinctive style. Um, that's good. And yeah, I, I like that. I remember seeing your photo a day mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, there was a distinct transition the whole way. So, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's true. And I think what's interesting in the artist community, um, it's very interesting being a, being a dentist and also being cause like that's one community. And then also being in the art, in the photography community, it's very interesting to actually kind of step into the artist, artist community. Cause like, um, yeah, you're very left, left brain, right brain. Yeah, sort of thing right. Yeah, on, right. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot, a lot of dentistry is very, very artistic too. So it, it's kind of, it matches, but I think the, the, the point I was getting at was, so in the photography community, there's like, you know, photography is a business. So lots of photographers actually, you know, sell tours and they sell, you know, they sell, you know, they sell their art, but they also sell the photos, but they also sell the experience too. So, I mean, it's, it's been interesting because I mean, I have, I have some pretty good friends in the photography community and, um, it is interesting when you can kind of sense that you've kind of, you've turned from, um, the customer, which is the, I mean, the dentist that can afford the tour. Okay. Let's just put that out there, right. They can afford to go on this trip, um, which is, which is fine. Right. That's, that's fine. But it's, it's, sure. it's kind of cool that when you can actually turn, tr- transfer over to be like, like respected as the artist now and not just the dentist that can afford to go. Does that make right. sense? I mean, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you're, you're, you kind of now get, you, you sense, I mean, I, you know, I don't, it's my own, I mean, whether they respect me or not, but I, I mean, whether they're blowing smoke, I don't know. But I, I, I have quite a few friends in the photography world that, that, you know, that I think, you know, I think I can, I think respect me for respect me as a photographer, not just as a dentist that can pay for their trip, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, which I think is pretty cool. I think that's a, I think that's kind of a cool, um, accomplishment, you know? So, and I don't really have any desire to actually go compete against them because that's not really my, that's not my, I don't need to do that for a living, if that makes sense. And I think if I did do it for a living, I think it would be a little, I think it would change how I felt about it. You, you've proven yourself as a dentist in one realm, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So now you've proven yourself in your art as well. And I think that both are respectable. And yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times we get into this pigeonhole mindset that we can only do one thing. Yeah, I agree. But we got to be really, really good at one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those guys that has so many things in my life that I do but I don't do them very well, mm. but the, I don't, sure think you do. it's, I don't thank you. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's the point though. Right. It's the journey. It's the, 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 the cultivation of, of what you're passionate about your passion. It right? is, it is, it is the journey. It is the yeah. journey for sure. And I think, I think it's, I think there's so many levels of like what, what, of, of how this journey has like benefited me and my family and, and everything. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I get, I get lots of grief because like, you know, people say, well, how do you, you know, does your wife go with you on these trips? And like, no, she doesn't go on these trips. Um, does she want to go on these trips? I'm like, I don't think she does want to go on these trips. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, they're beautiful spots, but I mean, these are not like vacations. So we don't like, we don't go like this. It's not, it's, it's a vacation for us. Cause I mean, that's just what I do. Right. But I mean, we were just in Patagonia in April. So it's like, it's two days to get to Patagonia. It's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a flight to Buenos Aires. So you got to get to Buenos Aires and then you got a three hour flight to El Calafete, which is down in the Southern part of that's three hours from Buenos Aires. It's three, it's like flying to Chicago, like from Buenos Aires further South down to El Calafete. And then it's like a two hour drive to El Shaltan. And then, I mean, it's like two days just to get there. Right. Yeah. yeah and, for sure. And then, <laughs> and then you're there and then like, it's, you know, it's up before it's, it's, up, it's, and then it's up before dark. Right. And yep. then you're, you're out waiting for the sun to sunrise. You're shooting sunrise. Then you're driving around all day. 
eating lunch somewhere and then you're you know sundown and then you're you're you go you get to a restaurant at nine nine o'clock at night and i mean then you start and do it all over again the next day so that's pretty much it's that's pretty much what we do for you know seven ten days by by day three you're all really ripe and grumpy oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. see i think that's great i think you're you yeah. know uh, there's that old adage you have to suffer for your art well you're definitely yeah. doing that <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and then and it's i mean and we've actually been on trips before where like i mean you know go to norway in the middle of february and like all of a sudden like the news reports come out that the you know the roads are closed and like like you you can't even leave your hotel i mean you're mm -hmm. like okay i guess we're we're in for the day you know it's like you can't even like be like okay we flew halfway around the world to like go shoot whatever and we can't even leave our hotel because yeah, the you're stuck in a hotel you're like, yeah you're like okay all right you know so i mean it's like you know that stuff happens i mean that's like it is what it is you know so but that's so i mean i think from that standpoint i mean that's and then you know but the, the you know you find your group of buddies and you find you know you you build tribe. camaraderie and you build, you build your tribe and like you know it's like and obviously there's 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 guys who who um are you know they've developed their their style and their their art as well and other guys it's more about the trip than it is about the photography and so it's like it's kind of a mix of all of it you know some people you know if they get a couple shots they're fine if you know others it's like out of my way it's like hey you know i'm not gonna you know i want the shot you know so i mean it's everybody has a little bit of different of something else they get out of the trips you, you know i have uh just through through work i have several friends that are like pretty pretty good photographers and the re resonating theme for everyone is the ability to just kind of put personal comfort aside to capture mm -hmm. you know the photo um mm -hmm. i've watched some photographers crumble under that and other photographers mm -hmm. like do their best work right mm -hmm. yep it's just interesting to me it is interesting it's it, it's a, it's interesting because um I remember like if the light is right and a photographer sees the light, then most of the time, nothing else will matter. Like nothing, nothing else will like, they'll just go until the light goes away. I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much how it t works for me. I mean, I, I don't know how other people are, but I mean, if I could be, you know, have the flu probably and the light was there, I'd probably still be. I probably have enough energy to keep going. If that makes you, sense, you'd push through it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you're out adventuring around the world, doing all these crazy things. You like Buenos Aires or yep. Iceland, yeah, Timbuktu. Right. So, like, dude, you have to have some crazy stories from that. I mean, you have any that you can think of, uh, think of off the top of your head? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me think. Um... You know, like naked guys running across, photobombing your scenery or landscape. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Every photographer I talk to has a crazy story about something. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we were, uh, we were at uh, this one. We were at uh, um, Bixby Bridge. So that's in Big Sur. So Big Sur is just south of Carmel. So. We're out in the morning, we're shooting sunrise, um, uh, shooting the bridge at sunrise. So, I mean, obviously it's California. So shooting sunrise in California is a little bit, you know, you know, you're not, the sun is coming up kind of oh, like. Oh, it's brutal, dude. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's coming up behind you. So like if you're shooting out towards the ocean, cause the West is the ocean, right? So right, it's right. kind of a weird way how California how it works. Okay. Yeah. yeah kind of. <laughs> so we're shooting the bridge and the sun is kind of hitting the, the, the it was a clear morning, which was like in January was actually kind of cool. Um, cause I mean, Big Sur in January is amazing. So that's when you want to go shoot Pfeiffer rock and the, you know, the sun coming up through the keyhole, the Pfeiffer rock there that's in the winter, it's a winter shot. So we're shooting, uh, we're shooting Bixby bridge and I'm, we're, and I got a couple shots and all of a sudden, like, I'm just standing there. I literally have my camera in my hands. Like it's, I have my tripod and I have a camera in my hands. And I, I watch these two guys, they, um, they get out of their car. And they throw these backpacks on and they start running like 
running towards the bridge. And I'm like, 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 what's going on here? This is a little bit weird. Like, why would you ditch your car and start running towards this bridge? Right. And so all of a sudden I'm just watching them with my camera in my hand. Of course, it's not at my face. It's not on. Right. And then I watched them climb up over the railing and I saw them jump off the bridge. So they literally just, I guess it's, it's a thing. I mean, people go and they base jump yeah. off the Bixby bridge. Right. And I look down and I'm like, oh, there's their chutes. They pulled their chutes and they drifted off into the, and on down on the beach below. And I'm like, hmm. And then about half an hour later, a CHP a car comes driving <laughs> down and I'm like, like, did you see anything? I'm like, no, no, I was, I didn't see anything. You know, I like, I didn't, <laughs> I have no, I have no evidence of anything at all. And then, so that was one. And then another one. Um, so this is actually a, a, a buddy of mine, the first, the buddy of mine that invited me to Iceland. We've, we've been to Iceland five times so far since 2014. And so in 2016, um, we took our two sons, my son, and he took his son and we rented a camper van in Iceland. And so, you know, camper vans are kind of a cool thing in Iceland because you can, you know, they have a little, the, the bunk bed, one on top and one on the bottom and they have a little kitchen in them and they're actually fairly, you know, fairly comfortable. They have you know, feather, feather beds in them. I mean, they're fairly warm and little heaters inside. So we're driving, and of course this, this van is a, is a manual transmission van. So it's like, you know, I don't remember like my clutch skills, like, you know, fortunately I had my clutch skills, but you know, cause who drives a manual transmission these days. Right. So I, it, the, that was fine. So we're down in, uh, the Southern part of Iceland, this little, the village of Vic. And there's like this, uh, I can't, I can't pronounce that. It's this overlook that that's just out of the Southern part. So you drive up to the top of this mountain or this, this cliff that's up there. It's like probably like, I don't know, 500 feet straight down to the ocean below, like the, you know, look, looking over the, you know, the top. So when you drive up there, it's like these series of switchbacks. You have to go drive up and you get up there and you're kind of like perched. The car's kind of perched like on a little bit of a hill. So I'm driving my buddies in the seat. My two kids are in the back. My son and his son are in the back in the, I think they were sleeping in the, in the back of the van. So I go again and it's a manual transmission. So for some reason <clears throat> in my own, when I had my car in college, I'd always leave it whenever I'd I always put it in reverse or leave it in gear to make sure that the parking brake was fine. So I would never, you know, and never, I never left it in, in manual and use the parking brake. I always kept it in gear, right? Turn off the car and the car's in gear sure. so it doesn't roll away. Right. Right. So again, manual transmission, I typically am used to using it, driving a, you know, automatic transmission car. So I go ahead and I stop the car. Um, I go to get out of the car, right? I put my foot down and the car starts to roll backwards. <laughs> and, and I got back in. Fortunately, I, I literally got back in and I slam on the brakes and throw the emergency, emergency brake on and put it into first gear and just, you know, put the clutch in, put it in the first gear and just sat there and thought about what had just happened because I looked behind me and the van would have probably rolled a mile down Dude. the down the down the hill and like oh, down man. the switchbacks and like like literally gone like forever. Whoa! And I'm like, oh no! Yeah, this is very bad. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, I like, you know, you know, when you get out your car starts moving, you're like, what yeah. if I had just, what if I just gotten out really, really fast? And I'm like, oh. yeah, my heart started going, my, yeah, it was like, I almost, yeah, that was, that was bad. So then, I mean, and then, yeah. And then let me think of the other ones. I mean, well, I mean, Iceland is crazy. Cause I mean, we actually went to our winter trip to Iceland. It was like, uh, like we got there and, um, like a storm hit and you get to Iceland in a storm, I mean, you, you, the roads can close. You cannot, I mean, the wind was blowing 70 miles an hour. Mm. Um, it was for, it was raining. I mean, mm -hmm. so uh, that's actually good. I mean, cause if it is, if it's, if it's cold and, and the roads have iced, it's called Iceland for a reason. Right. Um, right. You can get blown off the road. I mean, there's like, 
they won't even like you, you shouldn't even drive on the roads at all even if it's not raining or anything but if, if they're iced up and you're on the roads they'll get blown off and like you'll just end up end up end up in a tundra in a somewhere ditch. yeah in a ditch yeah oh so i mean yeah that and yeah, stuff like that um I don't know. Nothing, nothing like, you know, those are the, those are probably the two most harrowing or most like, you know, death defying, you know, I mean, I, I mean, flight delays out all stuff, stuff like that happens. Oh yeah. That's but, just part of the, the whole gig, but yeah. I mean, we had, we had, we had, we had food poisoning in Patagonia a little bit, but that was, you know, a few people that I didn't get sick. Yeah. It happens, you know? So, so. they're out there shooting and then just like running someplace <laughs> to do their business and then run back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess yeah <laughs> oh that's brutal man <laughs> yeah so i, I we're, we're talking about iceland or you're talking about iceland and i want to talk about like the shot okay yeah the shot yeah the shot um tell me a little bit about the shot so you're talking about the apple shot right the, yes uh, the iphone shot yeah the infamous iphone shot so there's a couple, there's a couple stories about, there's a couple, there's a couple interesting pieces to that puzzle. Um, so I guess I, yeah, I'll start. Um, that's the Christmas. So this is Christmas of 2015. So Apple just released their, their iPad and their iPad pencil, I believe right that, that Christmas, I think that's when it was coming out because <laughs> I was in the Apple store with my son and my son is like, you know, like checking out the Apple pencil. He's like, dad, I want to, I want an iPad and I want a pencil. And I'm like, no, you're like 10 years old. You don't need an <laughs> iPad and a pencil. Like, so, but I was, you know, I was trying to like, you know, let him play around with them. And of course he has an iPad and a pencil now. So yeah, he of has, course. No, he has all this <laughs> stuff, you know, but anyways, I'm like, I'm in the Apple store and, um, I know this is like when iPhone six came out, I think the iPhone mm -hmm. six and they, and Apple did their, uh, they did their shot on iPhone promos with that camera. They were touting the camera. And so I was looking at the Apple store had these photos in their store and they, they were all, you know, shot on iPhone photos. And it said, you know, shot by, you know, so-and-so, you know, Adam S or whatever. And I'm like, I wonder like how Apple finds these people. Like, how do they find these shots? Right. I'm like, this is like, there's gotta be a way. And so I, I go home and I do a quick Google search and I find out that Apple literally just looks at Instagram and, and Flickr and a few other sites for, you know, photos shot with their phones. And they actually just find the people and, and make a, you know, figure that out. And I'm like, huh, I'm like, I'm a photographer. I have an iPhone. I mean, why can't, you know, why can't I, uh, I just, I had the six S I think. Yeah. So that. That was Christmas. So then January, I was, that's when we were going to Iceland. We had our winter trip to Iceland planned. And so we get to Iceland and I decided when I was in Iceland, that I was going to take a photo a day and post it to Instagram with my iPhone. And I was going to tag Apple. I mean, right. Hey, you know, like what is it? Is it Wayne Gretzky that says you don't make. You, you miss a hundred percent of the shots. Yeah. You don't take. You don't take. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to take a shot every single, every single location. I'm going to take a shot with my iPhone. I'm just going to post it and just, you know, tag Apple, you know, tag shot on iPhone and whatever it didn't. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a, you know, shot in the dark. Right. Cause I had like, I don't know, a couple thousand followers and I'd get like 20 or 30 likes on a photo. It wasn't, I had, I, I really didn't even, I didn't know that I didn't know the Instagram algorithm. I didn't, I didn't really play the game. I really didn't like, I didn't really understand. I didn't, I really wasn't, didn't really care. Probably should have cared, but I really didn't. <laughs> so we get to Iceland. That was when the weather was bad. We get to, we drive all the way to the ice caves in horrible weather, like 70 mile an hour winds. Like we get there, it was raining. And then they tell us that the ice caves are closed because the, it was too warm. They're full of water and they were not safe. Like, so if anyone goes to Iceland and wants to go in the caves, make sure you you can drive out there. You can walk in the caves all you want. Mm -hmm. You can drive. In, there's, there's nothing that says you can't, there's no, there's no, there's no gate there that says pay right. the fee and go to the glacier. I mean, if you, right. if you want to go walk on a glacier, you can, I mean, I don't advise anyone walking on a glacier without a guide, right? Yeah, so absolutely. Get a, get a local guide. And you know, so all the guides were saying the, 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 the caves are closed. They're not safe. So we're out there. We, we have like a, we're there like a week. So like, it's not like we have like, you know, three weeks to be there for them to open up. And so right. we're out there for a couple of days. So the first day they're closed. Second day we heard the guides went out there. It kind of got colder. So 
the third day, our last day, um, there, I, I mean, our guide tells us they, they'll take us. So I think the, the be ready at nine o'clock in the morning, we're ready to go. Right. Um, because in Iceland also in the wintertime, you have about six hours of daylight. So it, sun comes up about 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock and goes down about three, three or four. Mm-hmm. So that's about the only daylight you have there. So we get out there, we drive our, drive the van up to the, up to the ice caves. We get in there, um, take it. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was, that was just amazing. Like, a, like I, I want to go back to Iceland just to shoot the ice caves again. That's, <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah. So we're there. I take a couple shots. I get all my shots with my camera. I take a few shots with my phone. Um, I'm actually walking out of the, walking out of the, the cave back to the van through the snow, the drifts. I see my buddy there. I literally, um, you know, had all this stuff in my hands. I talked to him. I get back to my van and I realize I don't have my phone. Mm. So I'm like, oh no, like, where is, where's my phone? And I'm like, well, I know I saw David. So I race back to where he was. I'm like, and he actually sees me coming. He's like, it's like, how much does he think this is worth? And he pulls out my phone and he actually had my phone, right? Cause I, I guess I dropped my phone. I dropped my phone on the glacier. Right. 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 And so, um, I'm like, I don't know. Just give me my phone. You know, <laughs> it's like, whatever. <laughs> so we still laugh about it to this day. And so every, everybody was in that. We had like, you know, 20 people in that cave. We're all taking the same shots. Um, so I go, I get out, I get up back on the bus and I start, you know, a couple of days later, I post a photo from the cave, like not even thinking anything of it. I take tag at Apple tag a shot on my phone. Didn't even think anything of it. It got like 30 likes. It's still up on my Instagram account right now. It's like from like 2016. It's still there. And so, um, I, uh, I, it was, that was January. So I did, I, I did nothing. I didn't even think anything of it. Right. And then in March of that year, right before my, right before I was taking my kids on spring break, I get this email, cryptic email from this guy named, I, I don't remember his name, but it was just like some nondescript guy from, you know, this ad agency. Hey, you know, it's like, I, I'm so-and-so and I, working for the working for a company that wants, you know, is interested in one of your photos and, um, you know, um, if you're, you know, if you, you know, will you, pl- if you're interested will you please like, you know, send out, I mean, they sent me a, I said, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. He's like, well, before I can talk to you about this, I need you to have to sign this non-disclosure agreement. I'm like, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's kind of weird. Right? <laughs> right. And, you know, I'm not, I, not being in the, in the, in the, that world. I mean, it was sure. interesting. So I get this, I get this PDF and it's this PDF from Apple computer and I'm like, and their media one arts, the media, their arts lab, right there, right over right. their, their ad agency. And so, cause that's who I worked through was their ad agency. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I just signed this non-disclosure agreement, which I thought was Okay. I mean, that's like, okay, I'm, they're going to take me to court if I say anything about this. So I'm like, right, okay. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. Right. And so then, uh, I'm like, that was like on a Thursday. And I'm like, of course, now you know that Apple is like, wants one of your photos, right? But you have no idea what photo it is. You have no right. idea what it's for. You have no idea like what this, what it even means, right? So, mm-hmm. you, and of course, not knowing anything about the licensing world or li- how licensing works. I mean, obviously I know more about it now, but you don't really understand like, like what, like, so you start thinking about how Apple uses photos, right? So you think of like, you know, you know, displays on their, on their, you know, screensavers, displays on their, on their Apple store. I really didn't even think about the ad, ad, you know, possibility. I didn't even think about that really. I mean, I, I thought about a bunch of other things. I had no idea what photo they were looking for. I didn't even know because mm-hmm. I had to fill out this paperwork before they would even talk to me about it. So that was like on a Thursday and he told me that he was going to be out of the office until Monday. So I literally had to wait all weekend. Right. <laughs> I had to like, I mean, it's like, I didn't even know what they were, what it was about, but I was all I was like, Hey, you know, Apple wants one of my photos. And I was like, you know, or maybe, you know, like, Hey, right, this right. is kind of cool. You know, this is cool. And so then uh Monday I, I had, I took my kids on, on a spring break trip. So we're on spring break and I'm like, I get this email back from him. He's like, okay, cool. I got your paperwork. I'll get, you're going to hear some here, hear from me in a couple of, in a few minutes. I'm like, okay get this email from him and he shows me this photo and he's like, is this photo yours? I'm like, yes. And he's like, can you send this to me from your phone? Like you cannot send it to me from your computer. It has to become from your phone. I'm like, Mm -hmm. thank you for iCloud. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so yeah, I forwarded him the phone. I forwarded him the original photo. He's like, okay, great. This is authentic. This is fine. He's like, so, um, and then he sends me a contract. Like, he's like, you know, 
here's a, we would like to, you know, potentially use this photo. Of course, you still don't even know what they're using it for. You don't even right. know, you have no idea what they're using it for. And then, of course, then he tells you like how much they're going to pay you. And then because it had a human in it, since it had a human in it, I had to, I, I had to like, uh, I had Sign to get off a release. Right. Yeah, the release. I had, I had to get a release from the human and they actually paid and they're like, then, then you're going to pay him this. Like you're yes. going to pay him this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, can I tell them who this is from? He's like, no, you cannot tell them who this is from. Or you cannot tell this, tell them what this is for or what, you know, what is, what this is even about. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, how do I say that? Right. And he's like, well, and he's like, he's like, well, you just tell them, Hey, a company is looking to license this photo. And it's like, you know, are you okay with that? He's like, yeah. just leave it at that. I'm like, okay. So I said, I mean, it's actually a classmate of mine, Jay, our VAR is Jason. So I yeah. actually sent him an email and he was cool with it. I mean, you really couldn't even tell it was him. I mean, it was just kind of like, it was like a silhouette of him, right? If, you ever, if anyone's seen the shot. So then that, and then he actually asked me, he's like, do you have any other photos that you could send us that you think are cool or from your phone? I'm like, okay. I'm like, so I whip out like, you know, I don't know, three or four more, more photos. And they actually licensed another one, another, another image from me of mm. the, that they, that, they actually, but of course the bottom line of the, of the agreement says, if we use it, this, this contract is, is, is valid. Right. But if right. we don't use it, then it's not valid. It's null and void. Sure. Right. So that was in uh, March. So I had the signed contract and it says, you know, but I still don't know if they're actually going to use it. Right. I don't know. And then, uh, um, and then, which is kind of crazy that this whole thing has gotten this far. Right. I mean, out of like a little idea back at the apple store in christmas time but like you know whatever that's kind of a weird right. thing and so then um um in uh june well in may in may of that year i get this random email from this other lady from the from the ad agency saying hey you know what your other contact is left he's no longer on this case but i'm here now and something's happened with your contract where you please re-sign your contract right i'm like well that's not good they lost my contract right right but i guess right. I'm, the fact that i'm re-signing my contract is is good right i mean it's like i mean i you don't know. You have no idea, right? You have no sure. idea whether this is good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, you're just shooting, shooting blind. Yeah, you don't know. And so in uh, in uh, June, right before it went live, it went live like on the 26th or something like that of June. I get the that was like a Monday. That Thursday before, I get I was just getting to close up the day at work, and I get an email that said the the subject line. This I'll never forget this. This is hilarious. The subject line was congratulations underscore Doug and it was all lowercase <laughs> right it was it was like it was like one of those things like you just won like a free thousand dollar Amazon gift card you know it's right like, right yeah it's like it's like congratulations underscore Doug now like all in lowercase it was like totally yeah one of those scams or whatever yeah and so uh um so that but then I look in this in the little preview below and it said you know hi my name is so-and-so I took over for this and I recognize my original contact's name for I can't remember now right I'm like, oh, okay. So then I look up there and she's like, congratulations, your, your photo was selected to, to go in the, in the like Apple shot an iPhone campaign. Um, that's going to be released around the world on, uh, on Monday. And she's like, you know, just please don't like, uh, you know, please don't tell anybody about this until it goes live on Monday because, you know, we want the, you know, once it's out in the wild. And then she's like, and on Monday, I'll send you a list of all of the locations of where your photo will be seen around the world. And so then I was like, wow, that's, and I, I that's still don't, I, I, I still didn't understand like the, I still didn't understand the context of what that was or what that even meant. Right. I didn't really, I really didn't like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, so then I started she's like you know of course she says you know don't don't tell anybody and of course i did tell some people because i mean how are you gonna like you know and then like monday comes around and i don't get an email from her right and i don't even see a press release from apple i don't see there's like there's i'm like in the dark i'm completely in the dark about like what's happening and so finally i got i started getting like i think monday afternoon or tuesday of that week i got um i got um a few messages on on Facebook from people around the world, like people in Dubai had seen it, and people in, in places around the world that started to see it. Because I guess in some places around the world, they actually listed my socials, and so like I would get, I got like a a, a guy from Russia actually sent me a, a photo of the ad on the back of a National Geographic in 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 with Russian text on it. So that's how I knew it was out. And then from there, then I just then it started to like kind of just snowball and like 
find out that it was all over the world, which was pretty surreal. It was, it was definitely one of the more unique moments of my life to actually see something that you've created, to actually end up on a building that's like, you know, 12 stories tall. Big shot. And like, and like <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and, and unfortunately memorialized, like it's like the, it's, it was in Dallas. The, yeah, I remember the, that. The, the Dallas, it was on the, this is the news crews of that, that horrific like cop shooting, like in sure. Dallas. Um, all the news crews set up right in front of my shot. You know, it's like my, right. my ad is like right behind their their shot. So like in all the YouTube videos, it's it's sitting right there, which is pretty crazy. You know, it's kind of crazy. One of those crazy, crazy things that happens in life that I think, uh, again, it comes back to like that. What Wayne Gracie says, you you know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, you know. Sure. So, well, I remember. Kind of, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I remember being at home and it made um TV campaign too at one point because I remember popping it up. Remember when they they were doing that whole? I I can't remember what. Well, I know it was for that campaign, but they had a specific twist to that campaign. For I don't remember what the catchphrase was or whatever. Maybe it was just shot on iPhone, right? Yeah, I think so. But I seem to remember yeah, it on so, TV because I reached yeah, out so to that, you. Hey, I just saw your shot. Right. So that yeah, the campaign was was colors. So mine was in the the blue spectrum of the rainbow. So that's they, what they, it is. Yeah. yeah. They, all the, exactly. all the shots were like, if you look at all the iPhone shots, that campaign, they were all, it was a rainbow. So yeah, mine was in the, right. mine, my shot fit the, fit the blue purple part of the rainbow. Up that's there. right. Yeah. So it's coming back to me now. Yep. So yeah, so yeah, it was I, pretty much all over the world. Big shot. And so you got, uh, you got a nice little payout for that. I assume as well. I, I did. I did. It, it yeah. was, it was fine. But you also learn too, that like, you know, licensing a photo is far cheaper than, um, paying somebody to go out and get the shot. Absolutely. So, yeah. so anyone who thinks that I, you know, I made it from that shot is no, <laughs> no, no. I went on my own and I took a shot and they, they, you know, and they wanted to use it. So I paid them to use it for a year. So that's, that's what is cool. I mean, it, it was cool. I mean, they, at the end of the year, I mean, the end of the year, they, they sent us all a Christmas gift, a linen bound, uh, like book of all of our shots of everyone's shots for that whole entire year. So that was with our little bios in it. So it had all the people in the campaign. So it was kind of a cool, cool gift from Apple. It was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. That kind of that's... a cool memento we have. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I mean, you know, you you don't get a phone. You don't like. You, you, yeah, they give you a, a you, laptop or anything, right? No, <laughs> no, you 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 don't you don't get a discount code at the Apple Store. Sure, you know, yeah, it's like you don't get that stuff. You know, nobody even knows. They don't even care. Right. You know, they, right? You know, so, but it was cool. It was definitely one of the cooler, cooler, cooler moments I've I've had in photography for sure. I mean, it's it was just great having you know, it people from all over the world. I mean, trying to find people. I mean, I had people sending it to me from China. I mean, I had people sending it to me from, you know, Thailand. I mean, India, I got, I got photos of it from India, Japan, you know, like I said, Russia, I had, I had somebody in, and it was on the back of the Australian today magazine. So somebody from Australia sent it to me, sent me a copy of the, a photo of it. So it was just kind of fun connecting and, and collecting all the little snippets and pieces of where people would get, you know, I, I, I tried to actually get, you know, photos of every single you know, billboard it was on. I didn't quite get them all, but I, I tried. It was cool. Well, and as, as your friend, it was yeah. fun to go around and tell people, Hey, I know who shot that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, can, I, can, like, I can imagine. It was cool. Yeah. It's cool. I was like, yeah, I, mean, I know that guy. Of, <laughs> it's kind of one of those, like, yeah. I mean, there was one, there was, it was on the billboard in, as you come into San Francisco, like right in, right off from San Jose, I think it was right on the billboard there. That's right. It, it switched up to that, like on the 580 or something like that, right yeah, in San Francisco. Exactly. Area, I think. Yeah, so it was right there, and then it was also in Union Square. So it was on those on those those you know wrap around green things in Union Square. It was on. Mm -hmm. It didn't get on. The, it wasn't on the billboard in Union Square, but it was on the the little poles around the around Union Square in San Francisco. It's a cool shot. So for those of you that have not seen it, go look on Doug's Instagram and check it out. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth it. All right, man. So do you have any big trips coming up? I know you were just in Louisiana the other day and saw that and saw some drone footage that you shot. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so we're um, we're headed back to Norway in February of 2024, and then a few local trips, hopefully, hopefully next spring, and then uh, maybe Southeast Asia in September. So that's that's on the plan for next year. Nice, and then man. Maybe Bali, something like that. 
So, and I do want to go to, I mean, Namibia is on my list. There's a few mm. places on my list. I don't really have like bucket list items. I mean, cause I kind of feel like, you know, there's just certain places I just want to go. Um, definitely want to go back to Iceland. I can go back to, I can go there. Iceland is maybe one of my favorite places to shoot of all. I think it's probably, <laughs> I could probably go back there and never get tired of it for sure. I have told my, I mean, I, I, uh, I've taken my son to Iceland three times so far and I have not taken my daughter yet. So that has to, that's, that's, that's probably on the list coming up here the next little bit. So nice. we'll get here there and then, uh, cruise around. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun place. Cause like you kind of, I've been there enough times that I kind of know how to get around and I know how to like, you know, it's like you have your places that you like to go and your places you like to stay and. I have a few friends there now, which is kind of cool. So that's kind of cool to get to connect with. So right on. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. One one of these days I, I need to force myself onto one of those trips. Mm. I need to tag along. Yeah. I'd love to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. We usually have uh we usually have, you know, we have room. You know, there's there's usually room for, for some of them. So, you know, it's it's a they're a blast and it's a it's kind of a cool uh definitely a cool uh um, way to see the world for sure. So at, at this, this point of the podcast, um, I typically do a lightning round and I know you've been monkeying around with AI and so have I, and so has the rest of the world. Anyways, I had yep. it generate like five, 10 minutes before we came on, I had it generate five questions. So let's fire off these questions to you. Okay. If you could turn in any everyday activity into an Olympic sport, what would you choose and how would you train for the gold? So any everyday activity, how would you turn it into gold? Um, making coffee. Yes. It's a skill. <laughs> it is a skill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go with making coffee. <laughs> And then, you know, obviously like then it's beans and getting the foam and then getting the little crema layer and all sorts of stuff on top. And then, you know, whether you drink a black or with milk or you know, whatever you do, you know? Yeah. A, a so, particular, particular brand or style of coffee that, that you enjoy more than others. Um, I, you know, I'm i I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty plain Jane. I, I just like black. I like it, uh, but I like it with, a. I like it, um, fresh ground. And then, um, I like it almost like Americano style. So I like it, uh, I like it pushed through like, uh, almost like an espresso maker. So that's like my, that's like my favorite right there. Nice. Versus drip. Yeah. So I actually <laughs> bought myself a fancy pants, uh, coffee machine so that I hit the button, it grinds the beans and makes me a cup of coffee. So. All right. Number two, if you woke up tomorrow with the ability to speak only in rhymes, how would you navigate a regular day and communicate with others? That's so random. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would just point. <laughs> yeah, just point. You know? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure I can figure that one out. I don't think I have the brain. I can, I can actually see things. I just don't know if I can actually verbalize that. I'm not quite sure. I might, that might fall into my learning disability ability to actually speak in rhymes. Dude, imagine just going around like spitting Dr. Seuss all day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a rapper, so I would, it would be hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. If yep. you were the lead character in a video game, what would be your special power and what obstacles would you face in your quest? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, my special power would probably be, um, making sense of it. So I would like, uh, you know, I'm pretty good at that. So I would make sense. And so my special power would be that, um, the obstacles would be like that, um, not everything can be made sense of. So, so ah, see, so like, like. Decipher, you'd be the guy that deciphered the riddles or whatever in the games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, obviously there's like certain things that are like, you know, that you don't have, you won't be able to have enough inf information to be able to actually, you know, get through that patch. That makes sense. And then on the quest goes. Yeah. Okay. If your life had a movie genre, what would it be? 
and who would play the quirky sidekick in your cinematic adventure? Um, uh, well, it's probably like an action adventure type movie for sure. Like, and then what was that second part? I'm sorry. Who would play your quirky sidekick? Bernie. <laughs> From Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. He's, he's my photography buddy, Bernie. So you okay. like my side. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bernie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's cool. That's how I, that's how I, that's how I view our photo trips. So like these little, these little adventures, you know, it's like, you know, let's, let's find a way to kind of go figure out how to meet somewhere, somewhere around the world, you know? Cool. You know, it's funny when you're coming up, like you have all these friends you come up, up with, right? But there's like one or two guys. I know that you were one of them. Dave was another one. RIP to mm -hmm. Dave. Um, yeah. But it's like we were all just kind of like each other's quirky sidekicks in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you, you mentioned that because I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I have quite a few, I have, I have a couple of really good friends. And I mean, I guess they're kind of all, they're kind of all quirky sidekicks. I mean, it, it, it's not the right, it's not the right word, but it kind of just, it's just kind of a weird, like I have a fairly, uh, it's an interesting, uh, group of friends. I mean, I have like lots of friends and all sorts of different from different areas of life. And they're all kind of, they all have had the same amount of value to me, which is a very interesting, uh, um, you know, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely quirky sidekicks because you wouldn't really expect them to actually like, you know, for us to actually have that going on, if that makes sense. I mean, from just different areas, from all walks of life. So it's just a, it's a, I have lots of various quirky sidekicks, you know, which are also very, very good friends, you know. Doesn't that, that makes life more interesting to me though, because I'm in the same ballpark yeah. and I really pride myself on having just a wide variety. I don't understand people that just have like one type of friend mm -hmm. that does yeah. one type. It just is so odd to me. You know, it's very, it's very interesting. It's, I think what's interesting is like, uh, so we went to a small, a small high school, went to a small college. And so, and because of that, we, we have lots of friends that came out of that, 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 that culture. Um, what was it like 2000 kids or 2500 kids in our college? So yeah, that's a pretty, at most, pretty, at most. So it was easy to know almost, you knew most of the kids, right? So it was very, actually very hard to get lost, right? So if you mm -hmm. if you weren't in a if you weren't in a clique or if you weren't in a friend group or if you weren't in this friend group, then it, it as a as an introvert, I mean, I think it was very difficult. I mean, I think it was fairly it was a challenging, um, it was challenging, right? Because you know, if you went into the cafeteria and you didn't have anyone that you knew that was there, then you went and sat by yourself. Then you felt like you were like a, you know, the outcast or you felt like you mm -hmm. were, it was just a weird, so you just end up eating in your room or, I mean, it's just such a weird, it's such a weird thing, you know? And then what's interesting is my son, he goes to a um, university of Arizona, like 40,000 kids on campus. I mean, if the place is like a city and you're like, this place right. is like, this right. place is massive, right? And you're like, there's like 30 restaurants, like 30 places to eat around campus. I mean, you're like, holy cow, this, this is, and so people are like, cause my son's a little bit like me. He's a little bit of a, of a little bit of an introvert and a little bit of like, you know, he does, he does, he has a few good friends. He doesn't, he's really friendly, but he doesn't have, it takes you a little bit to kind of get into him, to get to him, to get to be his friend group. Um, so he only has a few kind of like me cause I have a, I have quite a few different, I don't have, I'm not like, I don't have a huge friend group, but I have, I have quite a few, an extension of friends that are kind of out there. Um, I was telling him, I said, this is really cool because you, you can kind of disappear. Like you can, you can kind of just do your own thing and you'll find your people. Eventually you'll find your right. people and he's, he's finding his people. I mean, it's like, nice. You know, he's slowly finding his people. And I, I think that's, that's what, that's what people do. People just find their people. It's like, you know, it's whatever it is. You find out who yeah. you're supposed to be with. And if, if you're not the type of person that, um, if you're just kind of a one track person, I encourage you to travel. I encourage you to get out there and like make different types of friends, because I think yeah. that's where, you know, all the interesting stuff in life happens. 
Yeah, what's really cool about these photo trips is like we actually have friends. We now have friends because you kind of meet other people. Around. I mean, I have friends all over the world. So yes. there's there's a guy who is a friend of mine, quote friend of mine. I mean, he's he lives in Switzerland and he was in Vegas for like a weekend and calls me up and I met him for dinner and we had a meal and it's like if I go back to Switzerland, if I ever go to Switzerland, I mean, I'll hook him up. I'll hook up with him and you know, just keep, you know, just, it's a, it's a connection. Right. And I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's like, are we like, you know, best buddies now, but it's, a, it's just another piece, another, another, another touch point, another connection, another, you know, human around the world that, you know, that you can actually engage with and actually realize that there's good people all, all over the world. Sure. Absolutely. Um, okay. Number five, if you could have a dinner party with three historical figures, who would they be? And what bizarre icebreaker game would you introduce to get the conversation flowing? Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I would. It would. It'd be wild. I would. I'd love to talk to Ansel Adams. That's like mm -hmm. one. I think that would be wild because I really. I mean, to talk to Ansel Adams in. It would be wild to hear him talk about like Photoshop and like the the photography tools we have today because I think he would be all over it, right? Um, so that's one. Um, Another one is um, are they are they historical or are they dead or are they alive or or dead or historical? Dead? I mean, historical is yesterday or you know old timey days. Um, <laughs> that's a good. That's another one. Uh, Ansel. Um, see, this is like stuff I never think about, right? So, like, uh, let's see. Uh, let's, uh, how about Arnold Palmer? Let's put him there. Okay. Be wild. Yeah, because like uh, all of his days, right? And then, uh, I don't know, it's like some president or something like that. Let's go like with like uh, Teddy Roosevelt or something like that. That'd be kind of wild to like have like a conversation with those. I, I guess the, the, the point I, in all those is like, I, I find it fascinating that, and what all these people have done. And I think I could try to find, it'd be fascinating to be able to like, you know, just pick anyone, any of their brains, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. Is like, how did you do that? Like, like a guy like Henry Henry Ford, right? Like, how did you figure out how to like make like the, the these cars like like not in like a year, but like in a day? I mean, that's like right that's like mind mind blowing, right? So, I don't know so, stuff like that. That's like that would be interesting to me. I mean, I guess I'm I'm more I, I've over as the as I've as I've gotten older, like I'm just way more curious than I used to be about all sorts of these things. So, like, I think anyone has some story to tell in a, in a weird way. Sure. So what would be the icebreaker game then that you'd introduce? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Let's play Uno. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> See, what I was thinking is, is, is maybe like a stupid party trick. And I know you've got yeah. one because I've seen it. And it's like you lay down and you got a golf club <laughs> that you're throwing in your, in your, in your you toes. Know, yeah. In your toes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we, we could, I guess we could do that. We could that. try, you know? and then they probably all yeah. just run out, <laughs> right? That is that is a crazy party trick that I do have. I mean, I I am able to like actually spin a golf club on my toes, so it is a I can still do it today. So uh, that is a that is a, a a skill that is that will you know never monetize and never never no one will ever care about. You gotta get you gotta get your uh, daughter or your son to like do it. Shoot a TikTok for yeah, that and put it up. TikTok, I know, right? I, yeah. <laughs> my crazy I'd, dad and his golf yeah, party drink I guess, trick i i guess yeah mm. i mean we'll start off maybe we'll start an olympic sport we'll go back to that olympic sport right we'll start an olympic sport of you know golf balls oh god golf, golf clubs <laughs> spinning on your toes right yeah. well let's uh let's um tell the world where you're at where they can see your your stuff what are your socials um, kind of thing? uh instagram um at Doug Sanquist, D O U G S A N D Q U I S T. Um, my uh, my photography website is sanquistphotography.com and Twitter or X, Doug Sanquist. Um, Facebook, Douglas Sanquist Photography, you'll find me there. Um, Instagram is probably the best place to connect, probably. And that's it. I mean, oh, Flickr, I'm, like, I'm on, I'm on Flickr, but nobody cares about Flickr anymore. So Instagram is probably, <laughs> yeah. Instagram is probably. Flickr. The, yeah it's like i mean i think they're trying but it's whatever <laughs> like no 
I, 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 I should be on TikTok, but I'm not. So I, you know, it's one of those things. My, my, my daughter keeps telling me I need to be on TikTok and I just, I can only do so much. Right. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess, I mean, I do have a threads account too, if people like threads too. So I do have a, you know, at Doug Snyquist threads account. So, you know, you can kind of find me anywhere there. Just hook me up, you know, send me a DM or email or something like that. And let's chat. Right on, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Love you. Uh, it's been great thanks, catching man. up with you. For sure. Yep. Thanks. Well, folks, that's a wrap for the Homie Hub. Stay chill, stay curious, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs>